I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 212 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, it is time for another Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood. Joining me today is former Navy SEAL Clark Empastado. These are my favorite interviews to do, and I am still just so amazed at how blessed I have been to have the honor of speaking with so many frogmen on the podcast here. If you happen to miss my Memorial Day episode, I highly suggest you take a moment to go back and listen to episode 208 with Gold Star Father Larry Brown. I mean, that was just a tremendous honor for me to have him on the show. And the book Fearless, written by Eric Blem about the life of Navy SEAL Adam Brown, is one of the best books I have ever read in my life. And those of you who have been listening to the show here for a while, you know that I am just a ferocious reader. I read at least a book a week. I have such a thirst for knowledge. I have read practically every Navy SEAL book there is on the market. And Fearless is such a well-written book about a truly inspiring American hero. So if you haven't read it yet, you are in for a real treat. And speaking about the Navy SEALs here, next week for Frogman Friday, I will be putting out my fourth collection of Navy SEAL interviews. They are going to be uh, just the interview portions of five of the most downloaded Frogman interviews that I've done here in one awesome collection. So look for that coming at you next week. And be sure you are following me over on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace for all the rest of the awesome dads who will be joining me here on the podcast next week. And stay tuned for the details on the Father's Day giveaway here. I will be giving away two of AJ Buckley's innovative diaper bags. They go for about a $175 a pop. Uh, so that's going to be a big event on Father's Day. And I also have another huge announcement coming about Father's Day. So lock it in for more on that. And be sure you are telling every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list about the show that is celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks, family values rule, and every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to jump into the action right now with former Navy SEAL Clark Empastado. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. You are going to hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to consider becoming a sponsor of First Class Fatherhood, please hit me up with an email, firstclassfatherhood at gmail.com. All right, and joining me now is a First Class Father. He is a combat veteran who served with the elite United States Navy SEALs. He is also a former Phoenix police officer who has been in the fight to stop human trafficking, drug trafficking, and so much more. It is a big honor for me to say Clark Empastado, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Awesome. Thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. All right. Let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have three kids. Uh, my son is 25. My, uh, my daughter is 23. And then I have a, a 16-year-old who's in Thailand with her mother. Wow, okay, very cool. And what type of uh, sports or activities were they into growing up? Um, uh, my son, he played a little bit of football uh, early on in high school, but uh, he's, uh, he's definitely a skater dude. So I think he, he takes after me a little bit. When I was in junior high, I wanted to be Tony Hawk, and uh, so that was his main, his main thing. Yeah, okay, yeah, I actually just had Tony Hawk on the podcast here not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. That was cool, man. I couldn't believe you were interviewing the first man. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, and he was very well-spoken about fatherhood as well. So, uh, Clark, please take a second here just to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Yeah, um, grew up in Colorado, uh, ended up joining the Navy, uh, spent some time in the regular Navy, 
on the USS Shiloh, ended up at SEAL Team 5 for a while, left active duty, was a private military contractor, bouncing around, uh, left that. I was with Phoenix Police Department for about eight years, uh, was doing the firearms uh, instructor thing in Texas, and now I'm actually uh, with Wilson Construction out in California. Yeah, what a crazy journey, Clark. I can only imagine the experiences you've had along the way, but um, uh, how did the experience of becoming a father kind of change your perspective on life? Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of a wild ride for me. I ended up uh, having two kids while I was uh, going to Adams State uh, in college, so college got uh, very serious very quick for me, and uh, it really forced me to buckle down. All of a sudden, I have a full class load. I got two part-time jobs trying to put food on the table, and that's eventually what uh, drove me into the military because I, I was looking for stability, paycheck, medical insurance, all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely being a young father was tough in some ways, but in other ways I loved it because I had the energy to keep up with my kids, and uh, it was great. Uh, it was a little difficult in the military, obviously, in the Navy. Um, in the regular Navy, I was out on a ship a lot to include a, a six-month deployment. And then uh, in the teams, it's tough. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're gone training all the time. You're deployed all the time. So you're probably gone 10 months out of every year. And uh, for those of us that had families, it was really, really tough on us all. That's kind of the uh, the curse of the teams there. You know, it's, it's very difficult. So what you learn to do is it's not necessarily the, the quantity of time. It's the quality of time. So when you are home, just do as much as you can with your family. I used to bring my kids into the team area, take them out on the bay with our little Zodiacs and zip around. And, you know, you do the best you can to, to spend quality time with them. But it's it's difficult. I think that's why a lot of guys get out of the teams. It's just, you know, you could be a good operator and you could be a super dad, but to be both is almost impossible. It's, uh, it's, it's a very difficult thing to go through. And I think other service members go through this as well. I know uh, Army guys and Air Force guys sometimes can take their families. They get stations like in Europe or something. But for Marines and sailors, you're, you're stuck on a boat and you're deployed half around the world. So it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah, it's just another one of those reasons why I have so much respect for what you guys do. I mean, just speaking for myself here, I mean, when I have to do an overnight shift or a double at my job here and I'm away from my family for a day or two, it really sucks. But uh, I can't even begin to imagine being halfway around the world with your life on the line. And, you know, I guess I can understand from the SEALs that I've had on the show here that didn't have kids while they were deployed. Um, it seems like one less thing you'd have to kind of square away. But being a dad while you're doing all this stuff, I mean, that's got to be uh, insane. So is there any kind of like camaraderie amongst the dads that are on on deployment do they stick together or is it just like a you know a non-factor no there's definitely the dad crew for sure you know we you know in the old days before there was internet and all this facetime and video conferencing i mean when i was in the regular navy we used to wait for mail call and the helicopter would come over and drop like three or four mail packs and the ship would shut down and you know you could smell the envelope and see if it smelled like perfume and so communication was very difficult so especially back then the dads would get together and we'd show each other pictures and, hey, here's the old lady, here's the kids. or you know, So it was really a bonding thing. And even in the teams, you know, those of us that were, were dads, it was, you know, we would always talk about kids and, like I said, exchange photos and we would kind of reminisce together. So there was a little extra layer of that. And, you know, the young single dudes, they understood that. They just were kind of doing their thing. And so there was definitely that extra 
layer of bonding because we were kind of going through that extra, you know, separation anxiety and, and, you know, there's a level of, I don't want to say depression, but just, you know, you miss them. I mean, it's, there's your family, especially kids. Um, I really felt bad for the poor guys that were on deployment and, and their kid was born and they weren't able to be there for that. You know, at least I've been there for all three of my, my children's births, which is amazing. So I really felt bad for those poor guys. And they, sometimes the command could do things to fly them in, but other times you had to stay where you're at because you were busy working. So it's tough, man. You know, it definitely, and you got to compartmentalize that too because if you're out working, you can't be thinking, you, you might can't be elsewhere, you know what I mean? So you really have to, it's tough to flip that switch and just lock all that stuff away, focus on what you're doing. And then when you come back, you know, you can you can shift gears and get back more into that family guy mode. So it's, it's a difficult task, man, for all the moms and dads that are in the military. It's any parent, it's tough, man. Yeah, and I have to be honest here, Clark. I mean, the best videos that I see on social media, or at least my favorite ones, I should say, are the ones where the service member comes home and, and surprises the kids. I mean, it's almost impossible to get through those videos without being emotional. Oh, absolutely. Tugs on the heartstrings, absolutely. And the kids' reaction, especially if they surprise them, uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's great. Now, your kids are older than mine here. I have four kids. My oldest is 13, so we're just at the beginning of all the teenage fun. <laughs> now, you've been in some dangerous situations in your life here, but what was it like to actually be in the car with your kid the first time they were driving? <laughs> it's a scary moment. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely when, when the kids are, are mobile. It's funny. You know what's kind of funny is, you know, even to this day, my, my two eldest are in Colorado, and when I go out there and visit, They'll oftentimes drive me around and stuff. And it's kind of funny because you almost surrender a little bit of your control as a parent to them. You know, like you, you feel like, oh, crap, you know, they're actually in control of the situation right now. I could do all the yelling and screaming from the passenger seat. But at the end of the day, they're uh, they're behind the wheel. So it's kind of a funny it's almost like the tides have turned, you know what I mean? It, it, it's funny in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely cringe when I think about it. It's enough just to get these guys to look both ways before they cross the street, let alone think about them piloting one of these vehicles down the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah you lose a little bit. They get a little bit of freedom, and, and you know, when they spin around, you worry about them a little more. They're not under your, your supervision. So, yeah, it's a strange transition at that point, too. <laughs> yeah, and another thing, you know, I have only one girl. She's my baby. She's only four years old now, but, I mean, it's already terrifying to think of her in the dating world. Uh, I love to ask you, Seals, about this because uh, you've been through it here. How did you kind of handle it? What was your response when your daughter finally hit that dating scene? Yeah, it was it was funny because, of course, uh, I think you were talking to Eddie about this. Of course, they go out and tell their little boyfriend who you are and what you've done, and you can tell they're very intimidated and, and uh, at least the guy she brought home. Um, in fact, one of the guys that she was dating in high school ended up joining the Navy, so I thought that was kind of cool because we I eventually kind of accepted him a little bit in, but at first, of course, I'm like, you know, who the heck is this dude? So um, it is kind of funny because, you know, they tell him, like, oh, okay, my dad's a little crazy, he's an ex-seal, you know, whatever the deal is, and uh, you could tell they're like, oh, shit, because I remember when I was in high school, I was nervous as hell going to my girlfriend's house, especially in the beginning, and uh, her parents are very wealthy, so I, I, I was a little hillbilly from the hills, and I just felt overwhelmed at her place, and I remember being scared of her parents, and so I can't imagine um, the couple guys throughout the high school years that my daughter brought home, they had to be thinking, 
here's this hairy dude covered in tats, you know, they're just looking at me like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I can only imagine what's going on through their minds while that's going on. Uh, All right, how about discipline, Clark? I'm always curious to ask fathers about their approach to discipline. Uh, What type of disciplinarian are you as a father? Yeah, well, so I, I had them when they were very little, and then I deployed from 96 to 07. So I, I had them when they were toddlers, and then I got them again when they were teenagers. Um, when they were little, um, not, it was more of the kind of the timeout thing, and then I would try to explain it to them because they were of that age where you could sit there and say, hey, listen, you can't do this, or I'm a little disappointed. It was more of even when they were toddlers, it was uh, just communication because I wanted them to understand what it was. I wasn't a big spanker. Um, and then, of course, when I got them again when they were teenagers, then it was 100% communication, and uh, and they seemed to be pretty receptive to it. I mean, they were well-behaved kids for the most part. They still did teenage stuff now and then. You know, I caught my daughter sneaking out of the bedroom one night and had to snatch her up. But, <laughs> again, it was more, especially with my daughter, I'm very disappointed in you, seemed to just crush her. And, I mean, that was it. She would just go in her room crying, and it was – then I would let her kind of calm down and then go in and explain, like, look, this is why I'm concerned and this and that. And I know, Daddy, I'm sorry. I love you. So my daughter and I have especially been very close. I love my kids, obviously, all equally, but my eldest daughter is just, uh, to this day, we're very, very tight. Awesome. That's good stuff. Yeah, and a little while back, I had a Marine, Alex Duran, on the show here. He specializes in bullying, and it's a whole different world today when it comes to the subject of bullying. So did you ever have any situations uh, with your kids being bullied, and how did you kind of tell, teach them to handle a bully situation? No, I was really lucky. My kids uh, never encountered those scenarios. Um, I know I did as a kid. My mom's, uh, she's an old-school Italian gal from from New York. She was born in Manhattan in 1938. So her advice to me, my father died when I was very young, so I was raised by a single mom. But like I said, she's a strong old gal from from New York. And so she told me, honey, you stand up for yourself. You never start it, but you always finish it. So these kids used to snatch my hat at the bus stop. So one day I ended up just punching that dude in the nose, and his little crew immediately was like, holy crap. And that was the last time I ever had a problem with that bully. Now, this is probably late 70s, so you can't do that stuff anymore. But my mom's advice was you stand up for yourself. You never start it, but you always finish it. And so, you know, luckily for my kids, they never came to me with a bullying situation because that's the only only advice I know came from 1938. So uh, (laughs) I'm not sure you can do that kind of stuff anymore. I'm lucky I never had to deal with that because I... I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you go to the school administrators and start there, or obviously it's a conversation you have in the home, but I I still believe you stand up for yourself. As long as you're not the one out there starting it, if someone's starting static with you, you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, I agree, and it's funny to hear you say that because my mother was born in 1938 in New York City as well. All right, it's time to get an important word from our sponsors and then back with more with Frogman Clark Impostato. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Are you enjoying First Class Fatherhood? Did you know you can actually get paid just for listening to this podcast? It may sound insane, but it's true. 
there is a free new app called PodCoin, and it literally pays you to listen to podcasts. Seriously, just go download the free PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android, and if you use my special code, First Class Fatherhood, you will get 300 PodCoins just for signing up. The more you listen, the more PodCoin you earn. And then you turn those PodCoins into gift cards for places like Amazon, Starbucks, or more. So go ahead and listen to this podcast on PodCoin and sign up using the code FIRSTCLASSFATHERHOOD. It will change the way you listen to podcasts. Let's go, dads. You heard me speaking recently about my daddy-daughter date to see Frozen on Broadway, and it was a night to remember. I bought my tickets on SeatGeek.com and used my promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, and I saved $20 off my tickets, which I used to buy my daughter a souvenir at the show. Right now, baseball season is in full swing. Both NHL and NBA playoffs are heating up. And if you plan on bringing your kids to any live event, go to SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and plug in my promo code FIRSTCLASS. One word, FIRSTCLASS. And First Class Fatherhood listeners can save $20 off their tickets. It's a slam dunk deal, guys. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FIRSTCLASS. Fatherhood is the best seat in the house. Uh, yeah, and both of my parents, they passed away before I became a father, so I do draw on a lot of their old-school parenting and uh, blend it with my own style, but it's difficult because, uh, you know, as you said there, to tell your kid just to bash the bully in the face, uh, although it may be effective, it, you know, it opens up a whole new can of worms, and uh, now we also have uh, cyberbullying to deal with, which was never a factor before. That's true. Yeah, the online stuff is, you know, I guess more damaging to those kids. I've heard horror stories in the news of Young people committing suicide because they were getting cyberbullied, and it blows my mind that, that that was nothing you and I ever had to deal with growing up. That's just, it was all schoolyard in your face stuff. So, yeah, I, I guess the online stuff's more psychological or the embarrassed their reputations, or I, I can't imagine what younger people are going through. Yeah, it's a challenge for sure. Um, all right, we are recording this here before Memorial Day. I'll be putting it out the Friday after. So, do you have any traditions on Memorial Day that you do with your family? Not really. We just try to do the uh, the typical stuff, hang around the house, um, you know, maybe barbecue or if someone else is having a barbecue, just kind of link up with another group of friends or, or family, something like that. So, yeah, it's always been, I mean, obviously for me it's uh, on a, a personal level because I've lost a lot of brothers along the way and whatnot. But I, a long time ago, it used to be kind of a, uh, upsetting and sad occasion for me. But what I, I learned probably 10 years ago is that for me personally, it's a celebration that, yes, I lost a lot of brothers along the way, but, damn, was I blessed to just have them in my life. Like, I, the people that I used to work with, you just can't imagine. I, I always felt like when I was driving the Team 5 that I was driving to, like, the Hall of Justice where Batman and Superman was hanging out. Like, I just I felt like I was going to work with superheroes. So it was just so humbling and amazing. So now Memorial Day for me is is really a, a happy internal celebration of, you know, you lost them, but you're just so blessed that they were, you know, part of what, and I still carry a piece of them inside me. Like I am the guy I am today because of, of those, those brothers that I lost. And so it, it's a, it's now a positive thing for me, but still I, I keep most of that inside and, and do the normal barbecue thing and, and whatnot. So yeah, man, it, it's a good thing. Yeah, well said. And we are all blessed because of uh, what you and those you have served with have done here. We wouldn't stand a chance in this world without you. So um, definitely uh, thank you, Clark, for your service. 
All right, well, the Navy SEALs have just exploded onto the scene here over the last decade or so, and I just had A.J. Buckley on the podcast this week. He stars in SEAL Team on CBS. I've had two of the actors from Six on the History Channel. Do you watch any of those shows, and how do you kind of feel about the SEALs being out in the open and all the books and the attention and stuff? Yeah, um, as far as it being out in the open, I kind of liked it back in my day because it was something you had to kind of figure out on your own. Like, I feel sorry for young guys that go to Buds now because they already know mostly what to expect. Not that it's any easier, but you, you have a visual, you have a heads up as to what's going on because they have that documentary specials, YouTube, all this stuff. When I went, it was a Scooby-Doo mystery. Like, it was like, holy shit, you were seat of your pants day to day. You know, if you get someone that rolled in from a senior class, he might kind of tell you what's going on, but you still have no visual as to what's going to happen. And uh, it was kind of cool. I just, I really liked, you know, the... I don't want to say secrecy, but it was just, it was kind of just this dirty little secret that no one knew about. And even when we used to travel for platoon trips, I remember being as a new guy, obviously if you were on a commercial airliner and you sat next to some old lady and she asked, hey, who are you guys? I saw a bunch of you walk in the plane. It was always interesting to hear the stories that guys would come up with because you wouldn't say, oh, we're, you know, we're so team bug. The, the stories guys would come up with, you know, we're a semi-pro hockey team or, you know, you're at a bar with your buddies and they're hitting on a girl and the stories they would come up with as to who they are, you know, some traveling businessmen. It was, just, it was comical to hear these goofy <laughs> stories. The joke was you're supposed to come up with the most unbelievable story but make it believable. And so it was kind of kind of fun that way. I think it was just uh, more good-natured that way. But as far as the, the TV shows and movies, um, I don't watch any of the my mom watches all that stuff, of course. You know, she loves it and <laughs> believes, like, that's how it is, the, the romantic <laughs> version of everything. Um, but it's just, and some of the other guests have talked about that, it's just so far off. It's, uh, I guess if you look at it for entertainment purposes, you know, I enjoy a lot of the bigger Hollywood movies just for the, you know, the action and the drama and all that. But when you, you can't break it down in terms that you know because you'll just you'll be miserable and pick it apart and be like, oh, that's, that's bullshit, that's bullshit, oh, that would never happen, you know, so it's, uh, if you're a professional in any industry and you watch a movie or TV show about that industry, it's going to drive you crazy, so. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, um, well, all right, obviously your Navy SEAL career is in the books here, do you have any kind of goals or plans for the future here, any books or projects that are uh, in the works for you, what's coming up? Not really, you know, I was doing the firearms thing uh, out in Texas, and then I had a, a Team 5 buddy of mine call me up, and, uh, he got me wheeled into this uh, construction gig that I'm doing now, so it pays well. It's super stable, and this is probably the first time in my life I made a decision that's best for the family and not best for me. You know, I was always chasing, like, oh, I want to be a SEAL, or I'm going to go over here and be a contractor and do this, or I'm going to now be a cop. And so it was always based on kind of what I want to do at the time, and I really enjoyed being a firearms instructor because part of my gig that I would do is I had a part-time gig um, out uh, outside of Memphis training active duty troops, recon dudes and AVSOC, you know, Air Force dudes. And I love being able to contribute to the younger generation of, of dudes going overseas. Um, but when I saw the numbers come across what, what uh, Wilson Construction is willing to pay and the benefits, and I thought, damn, I think I have to make an adult decision at this point. <laughs> and uh, so I'm kind of just doing the nine-to-five thing, um, I do, I hate to say it because it's so cliche, but I do have a book that's in the works 
um, but it's not what everybody thinks. Uh, my take on it is there's a lot of comedy in the military, really, really funny stuff. Everybody always sees kind of the end result or the obvious of these different military units, which is, you know, I'm a badass, I went overseas, I shot a bunch of people like that. That That's on loop, like everybody gets it. I mean, it's it's really the same story over and over, just the names change a little bit. Um, but I really am trying to harness what I fell in love with, my military experience, was just the wacky shit that you see day to day. And the, the, we really are frat boys with guns. I mean, just the camaraderie and the pranks and the hazings, and it's just... Uh, a wonderful experience, and so I'm actually trying to collaborate with a couple of their teammates with this concept and really blast out a really funny book. I think that's that, I think there's a void right now that the perception in, in American culture is that oh, seals are these badass dudes that just shoot people. Well, yeah, the community does do that. However, there's a behind the you know the bloopers reel, the behind the scenes that I think people would really it makes us human. You know what I mean? That we we have good times, we have bad times, and it's just it's kind of a neat concept. So it's something I've been working on just as a side project for a while and collaborating with some other people. So other than just being a Joe Bob the construction guy, that's uh, the last little, I guess, thing I can contribute to the community is, is, is kind of a slightly embarrassing, funny book that the community will say, oh, no, Impostato's writing a book? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, I think that's awesome. I will definitely be checking that book out. I love the fact that you guys come out with the books because as a civilian, I think it's such a benefit to our entire society to get a glimpse inside your mindsets and to see that you guys are human despite all your crazy abilities and that, you know, you are fathers, your husbands, you know, your sons. And it helps us to relate that, you know, to see that there's men like you out there that go through similar challenges in life that we all do. And I think it's a blessing to have you guys out in the open, uh, to be able to follow you guys on social media. I think it's just a benefit to all of us all way around yeah thank you very much yeah and that that's what i want to kind of expose is more of the human side of us make us more relatable to everybody because you know we were all once on the outside you know every seal was a wannabe seal at some point and so i remember my first contact with, with team guys that you know i know how i saw them and i know that's how the american people see us but i really want to pull that curtain back a little bit not too far but just enough <laughs> where they get a peek and that's it so yeah, and I appreciate people like you. I mean, obviously, we get a lot of love and support, um, you know, from our people. And even other countries and places we've been, just uh, people really appreciate what we're doing and the work that's involved and, and what you risk. And a lot of people understand that not only on top of all that, a lot of us have families and stuff, you know, back home. And that adds a whole difficult dynamic to the, the entire process. So we appreciate people like yourself, man. Awesome. I love to hear that. Okay. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Clark, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there listening? Just spend as much time with your kids as possible. You know, I, I know I said uh, it's quality, not quantity, but uh, that was just because I was placed in a difficult situation. Don't, don't get too wrapped up like I did early on in a career. Really pull back as much as you can and spend as much time at home as you can. I understand if you're a high-powered business dude or, you know, and even factory workers or cops or, you know, I know you got to do what you got to do. But I know for me, I always did more career-wise because I wanted to succeed and be the best I can. Looking back on it, 
I wish I had pulled back a little bit and just invested more into my family, especially the kids. Just as much time as you can spend with them, that would be my advice. Don't get sucked into the the corporate BS or the military BS too deep because as soon as you're done or they're done with you, they've already forgotten about you, but your family is always there. So definitely just spend as much time as you can with them for sure. And it's never too late to be a good dad. So I was kind of an absent father because I was deployed so much. I'm in touch with my kids more now than ever. And even if you're like a bad father when they were young, not just an absent father, but maybe for whatever reason you were, you know, rough and tumble dude and not the best father, you could connect emotionally, it's still never too late. I don't care if you're 50 years old and your kids are in their 30s, whatever, you're still dad. You can still change your relationship with your kids. So it's it's an important thing that I've talked to a lot of my buddies about especially military guys, they consider themselves bad dads because they were gone all this time. And I said, you're not a bad dad. You're an absent father. But it's never too late to reconnect and be a super dad today and just keep, you know, moving that forward. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, very well said. A great message. I love the advice there. This has been an honor and a lot of fun for me. I got to say, Clark Impostato, you are a first-class father. And thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you, brother. I love what you do. I love uh, the concept of your podcast, man. Keep rocking and rolling. Awesome. All right, I'll be right back with a couple of closing thoughts. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to Clark Impostato for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episodes. I always love to read your feedback. Locking in for next week. Got a five banger coming at you. I hope you enjoyed all the action this week. Had some really great content on there. If you missed any of it, go back and take a look. I hope that you guys enjoy your weekend out there with your kids. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Sometimes